Romans 12. Uh, we gonna, Lord willing, we're going to try to finish the first verse today. Not sure. Amen. But your participation is going to be required. Amen. Just a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you up front, and then you can be thinking about it through this. You, maybe something comes to your mind, you can make you a note on your phone. At some point, maybe halfway through this, I, I want you to share with me what you've learned in, through Scripture, what Christ has accomplished through the good news of Jesus Christ, His life, His death, burial, resurrection, His soon coming again, the life, the essence of who Jesus is, what He has accomplished in your life to, that you've learned through Scripture. Just real quick, we know this, amen, our salvation, amen. We know that we're saved through him. But something that you've learned in Scripture that you're able to go to that is a foundation truth. You know, we learn through Scripture that God has loved us with an everlasting love. Those are some examples. Uh, but I, I just want you to I want you to participate, share with that, something in the Scripture, uh, some uh, um, uh, revelation that you've got and you understand about Christ. Because sometimes I think we know it, but we fail to communicate it. And when we're out there in the world, we need to be able to communicate what Christ has done for us. Amen. He's done so much for us. Amen. And we need to be able uh, uh, to communicate that and share that with others. Amen. Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And we're going to get to the reasonable service today and try to finish this out. And I, I just want to give this saying to you. I, I don't know who did it. I, hey, man, I don't know where it came from. I, but it's just something I couldn't get away from th this week. Your life is God's gift to you. Make it your gift to God. Hey, man, I'm going to say it one more time. Your life is God's gift to you. Make it your gift to God. Amen. We need to be stirred up and we, we need to be motivated to passionately uh, live for Christ. Amen. And this scripture uh, that we've read, these first two verses are really God's altar call. We've been talking about that. I, amen. And, and I believe sometimes we need to be challenged, don't we? I, we need to be stirred up to be challenged, to be reminded uh, uh, to live for Christ. Uh, and I want to share a story with you. Uh, amen. That Dale Carnegie, uh, he is the author of How to Win Friends and Influence People. I, it was a story that he wrote in one of his books. It tells of a mill manager whose workers were not producing. The owner was named Charles Swab. And he asked the manager what was wrong. He said, I have no idea, the manager said. He said, I have cussed these men. I, I've pushed them. I've sworn at them. I've threatened their lives. I've threatened to kill them. I hey amen to fire them. But nothing works. They just will not produce. They are only able to produce so many each shift. Uh, to which Schwab asks him, well, how many are they producing? How many units are they producing uh, on the shift today? Uh, and he asked him, and he said they produce six. Without saying anything, uh, uh, Charles Schwab picked up a piece of chalk, and he wrote a big number six on the floor. Then he simply walked away. When the night shift came in, they saw that big number six uh, and asked what it meant. The big boss was here today, someone said. He asked how many units the day shift made, uh, and we told him six. Uh, so he chalked it on the floor. The next morning, Swab shows back up to the meal. I, again, the night shift, I had erased the six out and replaced it with a bigger number, seven. Hey, man, 
when the day shift, I reported the next day, they saw that seven. And they thought, well, the night shift, uh, they think they're better than the day shift. Uh, well, we're just going to have to show them. Uh, they worked hard in that day. Uh, they was able to erase the seven and put down a ten. Uh, hey, man, uh, uh, for the night shift, uh, uh, the see, swab had increased production uh, by over 60% in less than 24 hours simply by throwing down a challenge. Hey, man, and today I want us to be challenged by the mercy of God. Uh, hey, man, I want us to understand uh, that every one of us, that scripture we're reading, uh, hey, man, it's important before we go on into the rest of the chapter, uh, hey, man, we got to get this foundation in our life. We got to get this first verse uh, down in our lives. Uh, We've got to understand uh, we can't walk in verses 3 through 21 uh, until we get these first verses. Uh, we got This has got to be the bedrock of who we are. Uh, you've got to be a person of, of, of God's mercy. Uh, be motivated by his mercy. Be encouraged by his mercy. Uh, be strengthened by his mercy. You've got to be besieged by the mercies of God. Amen. Anybody in here thankful for the mercy of God? Amen. Amen. Uh, you don't need nothing more, nothing less. You need to be in encouraged by that. Amen. All other faith. I, amen. All other types of religions. They make sacrifice I, of the, the root and all of those things. I, amen. But we got to understand the work's already been done. I, I'm motivated by what Christ has done for me. I, amen. And I'm operating out of that. And that's what we need to understand. I, and that's what he's doing in this verse. I, he's challenging them by the mercies of God that they would present their bodies holy a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. He's telling them that that will be, amen, the reasonable service. And thank God we all know in limitations uh, that the mercies of God uh, are never consumed. They never expire. That we never exhaust them. Uh, they fail not and they're new every single morning. It'd be awful if God didn't have any compassion on us, wouldn't it? It'd be awful, amen, if God treated us like we treat people sometimes and how people treat us. It would be awful, wouldn't it? But I thank God for the mercy of God. He's full of mercy and compassion towards us, uh, towards you and towards me, towards your family member, towards that one that's giving you a hard time right now. He's full of mercy towards them. We're saved through God's uh, uh, grace, uh, uh, through the sacrifice and the precious blood of Jesus Christ. His, his blood uh, paid the price for you and I, and I'm thankful for that. We must be willing to lay down our lives uh, for what we deem to be important and be living examples, to be those holy examples, people that are set aside to be, uh, uh, to be used for the master's use, amen. And Paul is telling us that such a sacrifice is simply a reasonable service. And, or some read, uh, read that and understand that as reasonable worship I, or our, our, our ministry I, of service, amen. But there is no coercion here. There's no high pressure here. There's no forcing of the wheel. I, there is no bending of the personality I, uh, to make us conform to the divine wheel. I, the reasonables uh, of this demand uh, will be so evident that there will be an immediate and prompt response. He's not up there. God's not up there twisting us our arm. He has revealed himself to us, and that is the motivation alone. Amen. He is the revelation of who he is. What he has done in our life is enough. Amen. When you look up the definitions to reasonable service, amen, I, service, obviously, it, you look it up, there's, there's multiple ways this can be interpreted. I, the, and, and I'm not really, I, I'll just be honest with you, it, it, it can be 
related more to a spiritual sense, amen, or, or just a little more to a practical. I, I, my personal belief is is that, that the, the way this is written is probably to, to accomplish both. Uh, Amen. But when you look up service, amen, it denotes worship I, that is rendered to God. When you look up reasonable, it, it, it is it is the way we think, amen. I, it, it is reasonable I, uh, for us. It, it is obvious that this is something I, that we should do, that we could look at the life of Christ. We could look at what Christ has done in light of everything he's done, shouldn't we? Offer our lives back to him, amen. That is our reasonable service, amen. God deserves that from you and from me, amen. He, he's, he wants it to be willing. Because how many people know, amen, we do some things when we're forced to do them. Y'all like me, you do them out of resentment, man. I mean, come on now, especially, come on. Even husbands up in here. Sometimes we do something just to get them to, uh-oh. Gary's getting elbowed back there. <laughs> amen. Amen. But we're doing it more out of resentment. We're doing it more just to please get off my back and hush. Amen. I, you know it's the truth. Amen. We do things out of resentment. I, almost rebellion and just, golly, bum, I'll do it if I have that's not what God is wanting us to do. He's wanting us to be motivated by his love. I, you know that old song, I, Jesus paid it all, I, all to him I owe. I, sin had left me in a crimson stain, I, but he washed it white as snow. I, amen. Jesus wants us motivated I, by this. He don't want us motivated. I, amen. And having to do it like, bless God, kicking the dirt. I, amen. While we're going over there and doing it. I, he wants us to do it joy. The Bible says count it all joy. Amen. He wants me to do everything I do with joy. And he's telling me, that's my reasonable service. And I'm afraid, amen, what we've allowed uh, our private and our public lives, we've, met, we've let it mess up. God is wanting reasonable service from us in every area of our life. He's wanting it. I think we have, we have relegated worship service to an hour on Sunday morning. Do you know that... When I study the church, when we come to church, we are there to worship corporately, but we're there to edify one another. We're there to build one another up, to encourage one another, to lift people up, to pray for one another, to equip one another. Amen. To enable us to be able to go back out into a lost and dying world and live in the power that we have through Jesus Christ. Yes, we worship Him, but we relegate that. Worship is so much more than that. Amen. We do that. Our lives in the church and outside the church is worship. It ain't just inside the church. It's outside the church. Our thoughts, our actions, how we treat one another, all that's worship. Hey, man, how we live, holding a door. Do you realize that if you hold a door open for somebody, that's worship? When they see that, that is not common practice anymore, is it? Hey, man. Hey, man. When you see a little old lady, hey, man, there would a Somebody saying, why does that have to be an old lady? Old man, whatever. Hey, man, and they've got their buggy. I know it may be only be 20 steps, but that's hard for some people to walk 20 steps. Stop, slow yourself down. I, if Ask them. You don't scare them. Hey, man, you have to be careful. I do this. I'll tell it. I'll, I'll take this out. Uh, but anyway, uh, hey, man, I'll do it. I don't want to walk up to them and scare them. I'll wait. I'll look, and I'll try to pay attention. If there's something heavy, and I'll go, hey, can I help you? I'll put that in there. And they just startle. They, they're not used to it. Just genuine acts of kindness. And I said, I'll take your buggy and I'll put it back. It's just 20 steps. They don't mean nothing. Hey, man, in the eyes of the world. But do you know it made my daddy happy? Do you know he said, look, there's my son worshiping me. 
We think it's the performance in there on Sunday. I'm sorry. But if it is a performance, there ain't no worship in it. It's just the truth. Amen. We've got to get back to realizing worship is a lifestyle. Our morality, our character, our integrity, all of these things are worship, are part of our offering to God. In this light, amen, we, we've got to stop and refuse to be isol uh, to allow worship to be isolated to in there on Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night. We've got to refuse that. Amen, because this, this, what happens is it creates a disconnect. From our lives, amen. It, it, between our lifestyles and our confessions. You want to know why people's lifestyle are not mad, lining up with their confessions? Because we disconnected it. We can get it right when they're on a Sunday morning, but Monday morning when we walk in on our job, we've left that behind. We know we walk away from our confession and we start living different in our lifestyle. Hello, you know it's the truth. Amen. But somehow we've got to break that. We've got to decide that we're going to come back, amen, and say, you know what? We've got to break this pattern. Because it's evident that we find nothing wrong with lifting our hands on Sunday morning and singing worship songs on Sunday. But then we can walk in and use unethical business practices on Monday morning. Worse than that, amen. Or about we could get up and sing, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. But we hold bitterness and grudges against one another. So is this real worship? I'm sorry, but it's not. Amen? Well, especially when we hold it against our brothers or our sisters. Amen? We, we, we got to understand this. Or maybe, hey, let's just step off in it. Oh, I love to everybody. I love Jesus. Except a black man. Or a Mexican. Or a Japanese. I don't know. I mean, come on. I mean, or or an Alabama fan. The Lord knows they're hard to love. <laughs> hey, I'm going to start calling an Alabama fan a diamond polisher. You know, they're diamond polishers out there. They just rub you out the wrong way. Amen. Anyway, I'm sorry. i got to get back to focus. Amen. I love Jesus. <laughs> and Alabama fans. Amen. Amen. But we can't be prejudiced. We can't get up and say, oh, how I love Jesus. Yeah. And then not be willing to help the poor. Not be willing to help the poor. Not be willing to help. Look, our church is going to have a great opportunity Sunday morning. I purposefully, the church of God has already responded to the uh, uh, the storm that hit the Bahamas. I, I went blank. Well, this Sunday, we're going to get to find out what, there's a specific church that's about to start being rebuilt next Friday. We're going to, we're going to get to respond that specific project, Buck is going over, and uh, and so we're going to be able to come alongside. I told Buck, I said, we're going to wait, because we're trying to get this men and, men and women of action started here, and Buck is doing that. That's a Church of God ministry that responds uh, to these things. So our church is going to get to respond to that specific church, and we're, we're going to get to, to have that. But we can't get up here and sing, oh, how I love Jesus, and then not be willing to do that. Amen. We, we've got to make sure that our lifestyle is matching our Sunday. Amen. We, we can't, or our confession, let's just say that. We confess to know Jesus, but we don't serve and love others. Then I'm telling you, not, you're not living a lifestyle of worship. Amen? That's challenging, I know, but it's still the truth. This shouldn't be this way. Amen? We shouldn't do that. And the person that cleans the church, that is worship. 
the, per, the, the, the all those teachers that that prepared out there, uh, they prepared crafts. I heard them saying they were doing slime and, and doing something in soil, and I mean they were doing all kinds of creative stuff tonight. Do you understand? In their preparation, that was worship. That was worshiping the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. All of their sacrifice, all the time you read your word, that's worship. All the time you've been praying or encouraging someone or just simply being, all of that is worship. Worship doesn't stop at the, when the church service is over. We pray our ending prayer. We say, Joe, dismiss us in a word of prayer. And he says, in Jesus' name, amen. Oh, well, no longer worshiping. We walk out, we hang our coat of worship on. No! And for that worship to be something, then I've got to carry it out there in every area and every day of my life. Amen? Does that make sense? That's a reasonable service. It's just reasonable. Amen? You should continue. We should live out our faith in our schools, in our homes, in our businesses, in our communities, wherever it is. We should continue to do acts of goodness, kindness, being grateful and, and, and thankful and, and, and having that attitude. Having, uh, being charitable and loving to others, amen, even responding kindly to those that rub us the wrong way. Simply said, worshiping is us responding to all that God is with all that we are. When we do that, that's important for us to do that. Jesus Christ is our Savior. I mean, come on. I mean, He's our Savior. He's our sanctifier. He's our spirit baptizer. Amen? He is. Amen? He's our healer. He's our soon-coming king. And it is reasonable for you and I to offer our whole selves to serve Him. Not just a few moments on Sunday morning, but moment by moment, day by day, as an act of genuine worship to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We've got to get back to lifestyle worship. You want to know the difference between the old days and nowadays, amen? Those, those older generations, they knew how to live a lifestyle of worship. They lived it. They did it in their prayer life. They did it in fasting. They did it in reading. They did it in witnessing. Now, granted, they made mistakes just like we do. Right? But, man, they left us some good examples right, that we could glean from, right? that we could say, you know what? If I could take that principle right, and apply it to here, I could be a little more effective. Hey, man, I, now, I, I, I don't want to go back, I, hey, man, to hair, hair up and a, a, a bob. Hey, man, I, no makeup for the ladies. Hey, man, I, as the old preacher say, I, it's a sin for some bars not to have paint on it. Hey man, I, hey man, <laughs> it's okay. You can laugh. Hey man, it's the truth. And then I don't want to go. I love air conditioning and padded chairs. I, hey man, I love it. Hey man, I, I love that my shirt's untucked right now. Bless God. I, I thank God for it. Hey man, I, I thank God that you're in here wearing Rocky Top shirt I, and not an Alabama shirt. Bless God. I, I'm happy when it sees that. I, I'm happy because we're in the house of God and I'm serving Him. But we need to take some of those old time principles, amen, and apply them to our lives. Uh, some of those old time disciplines, amen, uh, and start living a lifestyle of worship, amen, day by day, every moment, amen. And that's what he's doing, amen. He's telling us it's, it's, this is the right thing. This is the logical thing. I mean, he's saying get a hold of yourself. This is reasonable for you and I to do this. When we look at this scripture, we realize that it's proper for us to worship God, we shouldn't have to be constrained, could we? We shouldn't have to be forced to do this every day of our life. Not relegating it to a Sunday morning hour worship service. Hey Amen? We've got to be willing to do it. The character of God is such that we should be willing to do this. Hey Amen? Because he has showed us that his mercy is unending. Therefore, we should live in an unending place of worship. Hey Amen? We are to offer our entire selves that we, uh, that we are and ever hope to be to God. 
because nothing else, amen, will he will approve. We shouldn't delay. We should do it every day, every opportunity. That is simply our reasonable service. And that's what he's telling us. God's not being unreasonable. When you look at the life of Jesus and what he accomplished for you and I, is it unreasonable for God to ask us to be a living sacrifice, holy, completely his? It's not unreasonable. Amen. He's asking us to do it. Amen. It's logical for you and I. Think about this. We, we, there's many things in life we just view as reasonable service, don't we? If we want food on the table, bless God, we believe it's reasonable for us to get up and work for it. Hello? I know some people don't believe that anymore. And I, hey, man, if we want the AC on, I, hey, man, it's reasonable for us to pay the electric bill, isn't it? Hey, man, we don't have to be coerced to it. I, we see the benefits of it, and we sure like it, bless God. I, hey, man, if we want the lights on, bless God, I, it would be crazy for us to sit around like this in the dark, wouldn't it? I, I think I think it's pretty reasonable I, not to sit here in the cotton picking dark I, not to sit here in the dark I can't even see you I, I don't know if you can see me amen you might have your tongue stuck out at me I, you may be falling asleep I don't know what you're doing right now but it's reasonable for me just to simply walk over there I, flip the switch I, amen and walk in the light I, it's reasonable for me to decide I'm going to walk in the presence of the living God I, I'm going to turn the light switch on baby I, and I'm going to walk in what he has for me I, that is my reasonable service Amen. To give my live myself as a holy living sacrifice to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's reasonable. Amen. It's, it's if the gas light on your car comes on, it's pretty reasonable. Pull in the gas station, get out. Amen. Put your debit card in there. Put the hose in there. Pull the trigger. Put some fuel in it. Ain't it? That's pretty reasonable. If you don't, you're gonna run out of gas, right? If you don't, you're gonna run on empty. Amen. If you don't, you might be on the phone talking to somebody. I, hey, man, I ran out of gas. Hey, man, I've done it. Hey, man, I ain't lying. It's reasonable for me to just say, you know what? I need to do this. It's pretty important for me to do it. It's critical for us to live a lifestyle of worship. That's a reasonable service. I mean, he's not asking for much, is he? Think about that. Hey, man, he's not asking me to do some great work on my own. He's asking me to live this way, but he's given me everything to do it. He's given me everything. I got the precious Holy Ghost living on me. Do you understand? You got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost living in you. Amen. They three in one. Amen. We believe in the blessed Trinity, don't we? Amen. I got the Holy Ghost living in me. I got the creator of everything living on the inside of me. I got the enabler. I, the Holy Ghost will enable me. Amen. To live a victorious life. The Holy Ghost will enable me to walk victorious. The Holy Ghost will enable me to get up when I'm down. The Holy Ghost will enable me to be joyful when I really want to weep. The Holy Ghost will enable me to love when I really want to hate. The Holy I got the Holy Ghost. Anybody in here got the Holy Ghost? I'm thankful. Amen. I got the Holy Ghost. Amen. Every born again believer. Every born again believer's got the Holy Ghost living on the inside of them. That was a liar if we try to tell them they ain't. Everybody. Amen. But now there's a whole lot more. Amen. I, I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. I do not bear the rivers of living. Mm -hmm. You better hear me. I, he didn't say a little trickle. I, he didn't say a stream. He said rivers, baby. I, flowing out of you. Amen. There ain't nobody going to tell me I, that the baptism of the Holy Ghost isn't it, it, real. I, it really is. I, amen. The heavenly language is real. Amen. He's living on the inside of me. 
He's saturated me. He's, he's, he's done that. Amen. I'm thankful, aren't you? Amen. Amen. So we got to be take, take heart and know that. It's a reasonable service. Amen. He simply asked me to be available. He's not asking me about my ability. He simply said it's reasonable just for you to be available. He's looking for somebody to simply be available. That's what he's talking about. Look, this is your reasonable service. And look, in light of everything I've done for you, it's just reasonable for you to be available. God, Lord, help us to be available. Take a moment, consider this thought. What if you had a debt of $5 million and you could not pay it on you? know, I mean, some of y'all might be millionaires. I don't know. But I think most of us just regular common folk up in here. Five, none of us could pay $5 million. Amen. And probably none of us have family that could pay that debt. A stranger come up and pay that debt completely. Do you not think you would want to give and honor them? What if you had a sickness? What if you had something wrong with you? Amen. And somebody was able to give you a cure and cost them their life. Don't you think you'd be motivated, Amen. compelled to be available to make sure and honor that sacrifice? That's, what, that's all he's asking us. He's saying, look, I died for you. I gave everything I had. It's just reasonable for you to live in a way that honors me. What's beautiful is he's going to enable me to live an honorable life. That's crazy, ain't it? He pays my debt. We hit on it a little bit last week. Then he enables me to live this way? That blows my mind. He knew I couldn't meet the price. He knew I couldn't pay it. So he sends his son to pay the price I couldn't pay. Lord have mercy. Then he sends me the Holy Ghost because he knew I could never be a new creature unless I'd been born again. Hey man, hello. Hey, you ever, if you're born again, the Holy Ghost in you. And the Holy Ghost enables you to live. The Holy Ghost is your helper. Amen. Every, every child of God has the Holy Ghost as a helper. Hello. Amen. And that, my goodness, that blows my mind. That he didn't only pay the price, but he gave me the equipping, the enablement. Whoo, that blows my mind. And it's reasonable just simply because what God has already done for us. It's reasonable, isn't it? To, we've got to understand that. We were under wrath. But God sent his son. For you and for I. God intervened for you and I through his son Jesus Christ. So that's what he's saying. He's saying, hey guys, look what God's already done. Is it not reasonable to you to give yourself utterly and sacrificially to God who has given himself utterly and sacrificially for you? So let's make this personal. Are you a believer? Are you a born again child of God? Are you trusting him for your salvation? Are you doing that, hey man? Don't you think it's time for us to start making ourselves available? It's our simple, our reasonable service. Now, I had asked you that question. Here's your chance to share. Hey man, what has Christ done for you? What do you what have you learned in scripture? Hey man, I have already I've listed a, a litany of them. All everything I've said has been scripture based. But what is Christ what have you learned in scripture that Christ has done for you? you anybody got a scripture something that you remember that, that that you just that you know hey man theology is basically just the study of god but hey man so we we've got to have this down in us we've got to know hey man i mean i can use the you want me to do some of the big words real quick we can church words hey man we can do some church words up in here hey man uh, you know we, we can do that hey man he was he was my substitute 
You, you want to go? You go ahead. Yeah. Go, go. The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Mm. <clears throat> and I repeatedly, through many years, I've had health issues that I shared in death. Uh-huh. And I just said all I had to do was keep praying. Amen. Amen. So, through Christ, you've learned right. that you can pray and have a little talk with Jesus. And that I'm healed. Just a little talk with Jesus. And I'm already Amen. healed. It's already done. So, not only have you learned through Christ, Yes. That he had, he had enabled you, he bought the path for you to talk to the followers, but he also provided the answer. He did. And the healing that you yes. Anybody else? Anybody? Don't y'all provide it. Don't, hey, listen, this helps you. Because listen, you're going to be, in these last days, you're going to have more opportunities in this real life to share some things. We need to be willing to communicate. I was just be willing to give my answer all the time. Why I got hope. I mean, come on. I mean, scripture, he's my hope, right? Yes. Amen. We learn this how in the scripture. This is how we know it. Now the Holy Ghost is in you, right? Everybody in here saying? But you got the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will teach you the word. Do you know that? You got the greatest teacher. That's scripture. He says he'll teach us. I don't need Joseph Sims to interpret this Bible for me. It's good. We can be iron sharpens iron. It's good. But in the end, I got the Holy Ghost. I got the author of this book living on the inside of me. You got the author living on the inside of you? You saved, you know? That's scripture. Anybody, what, come on, anybody else? Somebody got something? I can do all things through Christ. Oh, what, what a bedrock principle. I can do all things. Not some things, not occasionally. How's, how's that played out in your life? You got something you could well, share? Just, just in the last couple of years, Michael, with my, my job, you know, foundational belief for you. I mean, it is. And it is real. It's real. You can do all things. That, that, listen, that don't, mean, that don't mean that if I just keep thinking, I'm going to get up there and sing like Karen. I can't sing like Karen, okay? I mean, come on now. But do you know when I sing to him, he sang to Karen. Yes. She'd be jealous if she heard me say that. That's why I'm talking low. No, I'm just kidding. But honestly, it sounds beautiful and amazing to him. I can do all things. I love that scripture. I, I challenge you to do that. I tell my son, I try to tell my kids, you can do it. Don't say you can't. Can't, never can, never will. Amen. Can the can't. Hello? That's the scripture that will can the can't. I can do all things. Quit saying you can't. Quit saying you can't break a habit. The devil is alive. Quit saying you can't figure that problem. You can do it. We can do this. Exactly. I mean, he died so I could. Exactly. Hello. Yeah. I mean, you, you see that? You had to go ahead. Yeah, well, I was, I've had several through the years, but the, the one that probably now is just right there with me is 
is involved in. Uh-huh. When God laid that scripture on me and I never read it, Hebrews 6, after so, and so after he had patiently endured, mm. he obtained the promise. Oh. <laughs> and that's one that just, <laughs> because that's, you know, that, that, that's, you know, and I've had so many, but that. See, that's why we do this. This is why we we, we, and we, we share these moments. Because he maybe doesn't experience something that's going to help Job. He just said, I'm going to adopt that one. Didn't he? You know, that encourages you to see a dad standing on a promise for his son. Now, look, I know we all love to hoot and holler. Hey, man, I love to jump and, and run. Hey, man, I can remember a little boy watching him run back to pews. He said, in a Baptist church, you better believe it. <laughs> I seen them be slain the spirit. Hey, man, I seen them do everything to speak to them. Hey, man, I laid under the pews. Hey, man, watch them. You know what? Lay on hands. I watched them do great and mighty things. Hey, man, don't you tell me the Holy Ghost ain't real. I know he is. Hey, man. Uh, but, but, hey, man, but we do this to encourage one another. Hey, man. Hey, man. And that's, that's important uh, for us. Hey, man. Standing on that scripture for his, for his son. And now somebody else is going to stand on it for their situation. Joe's going to stand. Joseph encouraged Joe. Amen. Amen. I'm going to read that and amplify it for you. That's what I'm doing. I'm sorry. And so it was that he, having waited long and endured patiently, watch this, realized and attained what God had promised. Hold on, child of God. Hold on, child of God. Amen. The seed, it will produce. Sure enough. Hey man, if y'all ever watched the movie Faith Like Potatoes, if you haven't, you need to go watch it. Hey man, there's no evidence of things going on beneath the soil, but he had faith like potatoes. Hey man, and that's what that is. You keep believing. Hey man, anybody else? Yes. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. My daughter bought me a bracelet one Can we tell them? I'm justified as though I never sinned. 
Amen. When I run to Jesus, amen, he justified me. It's as though I had never, ever, ever, ever sinned. When the judge looks at me, he sees the blood. And he says, look at that perfect one. Hello? I'm blameless, bless God, because I've been justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hey, man, don't that make you happy? Hey, man, that makes me happy. Amen. So I challenge you. Get in there and study those study verses. Go back and read the first 11 chapters of, of Romans. And just while you're going through that, think about what God has done for you. Think about it. You're chosen. You're chosen in Him. Think about it. Romans 8, 28, He works all things for our good. These are, these are bedrocks in our, in our faith. Amen. We've got to be willing to get in there and do that. So we worship him. It's our reasonable service because of what he's already done for us. So I challenge you to go back, amen, and look at that and think about all of those things that he done there. But not only what he has done for us, I, I want to encourage you to realize it's reasonable because of what God is continuing to do in us. And I just want to give you one verse for that. Philippians 1 and 6. Amen. Has anybody ever used that one? Amen. I tell myself this one all the time. Amen. Be confident. Being assured. Being, being Knowing that this is it. That this very thing. That he which begun a good work in you. Say in me. Amen. He will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's continually working on me. Amen. Be encouraged. It's my reasonable service. I can come and present myself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, my reasonable service because of what he has already done for me and accomplished for me and then what he is continuing to work in me. God is working in you. You keep presenting yourself and he's working on you. Amen. He's working. He's moving. I, he's making changes in our life. I, he can break destructive habits. I, he can form new ways of thinking. Bless God. We'll see that in the next verse. I, hey man, he, he can do it. I, he can. We can make us I, exactly what, who he wants us to be. He's the creator of all things. He is the one working on you. It ain't like us taking our, our stove uh, that's tore up and taking it over to a Ford mechanic. Uh, hey, man, and saying, fix this stove. That mechanic would look at me like you've lost your mind. Take it to somebody that knows what it needs. Uh, I got the one that knows everything working on me. Uh, he specializes uh, in broken humanity. Uh, he specializes uh, in people that's got messed up lives. Uh, he specializes uh, in building somebody up that was down. Uh, hey man, take your life to him. Uh, be confident uh, that he's able to fix what's wrong with you. Uh, be confident he's able to make what's weak uh, strong in you. Go to him believing that. Be confident that he's continually doing a work on you. Aren't you thankful? Hey man, take it to him. Hey man, let him work on you. That's your reasonable effort. Hey man, it's reasonable because our God is worthy. He's worthy. Don't you think God is worthy? Just let me give you some scriptures that just talk about his worthiness. And, I, and, and these are in Revelation. Revelations 4 and 11. You are worthy, O Lord, and God, and God to receive glory, honor, and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and had their being. Revelations 5, 9 and 10. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. Because you were slain, with your blood you purchased men. 
purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Verse 12 of the same chapter. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength, honor and glory and praise. That is the testimony. Hey, man, of the elders, of the four living creatures, of the angels, and the entire company of the redeemed. God is worthy of all honor. Don't you think he's worthy of our very best offering? And the very best thing you have to offer God is all of you. That's the very best thing you can do. You say, I'm not much. It don't matter. Present it to him. That's your reasonable service. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Amen. I think if we really believed that he was worthy, I think our lives, if we would start living with that in our forefront, I think our lives would change how we live, wouldn't it? If we'd stop and just stay focused on these things and realize that he's worthy, amen, and he is worthy of all honor, then we would go out and we would live for him, wouldn't we? Then our Sunday morning worship would match our Monday lifestyle, wouldn't it? Think about it. My Tuesday lifestyle would match my Sunday morning worship. Hello? Hello? I know you've seen it. Amen. Let me just be honest. Some people be at the altar praying in tongues and be some of the meanest people you've ever met in your life. That's the God's honest truth. I'm telling you, huh? At the restaurant 30, they don't even wait till Monday. Amen, Joe, you're right. Amen. And won't tip the waitress because they think she was rude. Hello? And then want to stand up and judge somebody because they didn't do something right. Hello? Tip them 15% or better. Hello? Whether they done good or bad, tip them. I'm telling you, I better hush. I'm about to be mean. But it's the truth. I mean, my goodness. We come on now. Our 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 worship ought to match 30 minutes. I ain't even gonna get us to Monday, bless God. Thank you, Joe. Hey man, ought to match what we do at Cracker Barrel. Hello? That's our reasonable service, isn't it? Amen. Uh, and I'll just give, I'll throw this one out there to you real quick, and that way I can finish on time. We can be done with the first verse. Praise God, seven weeks, be done. <laughs> Amen. It's a reasonable because only our spiritual things will last. That's it. Heaven and earth, they're going to pass away, baby. Amen. But what I want you to look at this. Amen. Uh, the, but he that does the will of God lives forever. <clears throat> Amen. You're going to live on and forever. And so do your works. Bible says this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. They will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. Amen. That's Revelation 14, 13, if you need to look it up. Amen. So it's a, it's a reasonable service to present ourselves to God. I'm gonna, I just want to share, I just want to share some just one-liners. I, I read all the time. I read a lot. This is just some one-liners that I just put down here just to encourage you to get up. Listen to what D.L. Moody said. I love this one. A holy life will make the deepest impression. Watch this. Lighthouses blow no horns. They just shine. Yes. Quit tooting your own horn. Just shine, baby. Just shine. Just shine. Just shine. God measures our service not by our ability, but by our willingness. Now, the rest of these, I don't have I don't have a clue where I've come across these, okay? But y'all should see my notes. It's like crazy. I try to make notes of where I read this. So I can give credit because I don't want to steal from you. You know what I mean? It would be awful just to get up here and steal, wouldn't it? But anyway, God has called us to play the game, not to keep the score. Don't despise, this is a good one. I like this one. You ready? Don't despise little things. 
can do what the sun can never do, shine at night. That's cool, ain't it? Amen. Amen. The Christian's place is on the front line, not on the sideline. Mend your nets with prayer, cast them in faith, and draw them in love. We are on earth to love, to live, and to serve. Listen to this. Not to growl, growl, and give. That's a good move. Our aim should be to serve, not to be successful. Nothing worth keeping is lost in serving God. Your life is God's gift to you. What you do with it is your gift to God. I remember, I don't remember who said that. I said that at the beginning. God isn't interested in how many talents we have. He's interested in how we are using the talent. Christian service is not optional. It's a command. And I'm going to end with the same scripture that we started with in a different version. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will accept. When you think of what he has done for you, is that too much to ask? God help us to give him the greatest gift we can give ourselves. Amen. God is good. Amen. I only went over three minutes. Bless God. Amen. God is good. I hope you have a good week. I hope you challenge. I hope you find some kind of encouragement. Love you. Thank you for coming. I'm thankful for every one of them. And that has been a, God, as long as I know, that's just been a great ministry within this church uh, before. And I'm just so thankful. Amen. All right, Romans 12. We're actually on a different verse. Amen. We're on verse number two. Amen. Amen. Praise God for that. Amen. And, uh, 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 Romans 12. Uh, we're into verse two, but I'll go ahead and read verse one with it. We'll read one and two tonight. Uh, I, I honestly don't think it's going to take us near as long to get get through the rest of these scriptures. I, you know, I don't know how long it's going to take us to get through uh, the remaining 20 verses, but, but we'll get there. Hey, man, it won't take us seven weeks a verse. Lord, have mercy. We'd be here all the time. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Romans 12, 1 and verse number 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Uh, so today, hey man, we're going to start on verse 2, uh, and we'll probably we'll sit down on and be not conformed to this world. Uh, I don't think we can get any further than that. Uh, we'll try and get through that tonight uh, and talk about that because when we look at the world, hey man, we realize, hey man, that there is a pattern uh, in this world that we need to reject. Uh, I want to read J.B. Phillips' uh, 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 translation of this scripture uh, I, I, the first part of that it says don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold uh, that's the J.B. Phillips is a, a translation uh, uh, hey man I don't know if you have that copy if you've got the app on your phone uh, usually that, that translation is available through the Bible app hey man uh, but he says don't
don't let the world around you uh, squeeze you into its own mold. I, I'll just briefly mention about the world now, and we'll come back to the world in a minute. Uh, but here, the world is signifying the condition of humanity, uh, uh, the, the system that, that is here, uh, that is in place, amen, uh, uh, in the world that we see. Uh, since the fall of man, uh, uh, humanity is in spiritual darkness uh, with, a, with a nature and tendencies and influences controlled by the powers of darkness, uh, and they are in opposition to God uh, and under the prince uh, of this world. Uh, the world has its fads and it has its fashions. We all can say that. Uh, we, can, we can remember the big hair of the 80s, right? Amen. Uh, uh, now it's not the same. Uh, but each generation has their own fads and has their own fashions. Uh, it molds, uh, it, its mold exerts pressure on every single one of us. We feel the pressure uh, of the culture that is around us. Uh, sometimes we don't even notice the culture uh, that is in around us. Uh, I can remember being at a, uh, this is this is just free, uh, I can remember thinking about the power of culture and how it influences us uh, even when we don't understand it. Uh, I remember hearing a speaker uh, somewhere, I don't remember their name, but I, I don't even remember what they were talking about, but they told this one story. Uh, they went to a remote village uh, in some foreign country. Uh, they had went there, and when they got there, uh, uh, the, the, all the little children, all the adults, they got out and they did this dance. And they knew the moves. They knew the words. He was just amazed uh, of the effects of the culture uh, had been from the oldest to the youngest. Uh, I mean, he said there's no way uh, he thought a little one could learn the moves and all that, but the culture, it was ingrained in them, and they did it. He was amazed, and, and he began to talk to the tribal leader of it and the tribal leader says to him says hey uh, we need something there is something wrong uh, we're, we're slowly dying out uh, people are dying at a young age uh, he says do you know what it is and he says no we don't really know uh, and so he's looking at these huts and he sees two huts one's got a one's got more of a, like a TP and one's got a round roof uh, he says what is that round roof uh, he says that's a birthing home when, when the mother gets close to having the baby uh, she'll go into that, that birthing home uh, and she'll stay there uh, and the dad will keep a fire burning the whole time. Uh, he, he said, how long before? He said, usually he'll go in there about a month before uh, the mama has the baby and then she'll stay till four or five months later. After the baby's four or five months old, they'll come out. Uh, so he gets to talking to him. He says, what, are the, what, is, what, is, the, what is the number one uh, cause of death? And they said, well, we don't really know it, but they're, they're get, they're, they end up having something like asthma. So he walks in this birthing house and he says what were they dying of he says they're dying of asthma and he's sitting there and he says why do you do this birthing house well we've just always done it and from the inception of this village our, our tribe this is what they have done and he's sitting there and he says he looks at this this tribal leader one more time he says and what is killing uh, your tribal members he says well it's asthma and he looks up and all he sees is black smoke the very culture that they were in was killing them, and they didn't even know it. That culture has an influence upon us. And we live in a world, hey amen, that wants to, wants to kill our faith, wants to murder our testimony. We live in a world uh, that's literally trying to shape us and mold us into, we got to wake up and understand that, amen. They needed to change that culture. It was killing them, amen. And how many people know we got a culture in America that is really trying to snuff out uh, and kill Christianity. Uh, but how many people know, uh, amen, you can't ever, amen, uh, you can't ever stop the good news of 
of Jesus Christ. You can't stop the power of the gospel. You persecute the church and she's going to shine brighter, baby. Hey, man, and I'm thankful for that. But we've got to wake up and understand that we don't need, hey, man, to be under the culture, the fashions, the mold of this world. Because what we see in society, in human life, is simply life without God. Hello? Amen. That is simply the truth. When you look at the culture, when we look at that, our life is from within, bless God. I, I don't know, but it's the Christ in me. I, the life I live now is by the Christ that is in me. He's one of the one that I have life. I, amen. Th uh, reading Matthew 6 and 29, it says it this way. Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Uh, he's talking about the flowers of the field and looking at He's saying Solomon's splendor uh, was put on from without. Uh, it was an external splendor, uh, but the glory of the lily uh, was from within. In. Amen. And that's what we are. Uh, we have the power from within. Nothing about us, uh, but about God in us uh, and what he wants to do in us and through us. Amen. Uh, and that is why we have to resist the mold of this world. Uh, so we need to shun the mold. Amen. Uh, we need to say, no, no, no. I, I'm not getting on the mold of that. I'm not getting put under the pressure of this world. Uh, I'm going to be who God called me to be. Amen. Amen. We are commanded. This is a command in verse 2. Don't be conformed. This is not optional. This is not debatable. It is don't let this world mold us, squeeze us uh, into something that we were never intended to be. We are told, uh, hey man, we, we're in a, we live in a time where many people don't believe in the miracles of God. You sat right here and you heard two miracles of a testimony uh, being found and being missing two months. Uh, they don't usually find them alive. Praise God that he was found. Uh, Gary got a good physical report. Uh, we need to celebrate that. God still uh, is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or can even think. Don't don't let the mold of this world uh, rob you of your faith. Amen. Believe it. Amen. So that's what, he, that's what it's telling us. Amen. Uh, that we don't need to see it. And when you look at this world, uh, you can see that it is controlled by the influences and what it produces in this world. Let's just look at some of the list. Let's go to Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Hey man, let's look at some of the works of the flesh. Hey man, that is the, the product, hey man, uh, of this world. This is what it says in verse number 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, uh, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. Somebody mentioned witchcraft to me just a few minutes ago, didn't you? Hey man, I didn't even think about it to just then. <laughs> Hatred, we live in a hate-filled world, don't we? Hey man. Variation, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I've also told you in the past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of the world. That don't need to be the pattern that we need to let influence our life, is it? We don't need to let the world influence our life. That we don't need to let the divisiveness and the strife and the hatred and the anger and all that. Hey, man, but here's what we need. But, praise God for a but, right? Amen. 
Amen. But the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. We need this back in the church. We need this in our families. We need this in our my personal life. Amen. I promise you, when I pray, I ask for the fruit of the Spirit. God, you are the producer. God, you said I'm the branch and I'm the vine. You said if I would abide in you, your life would abide in me. God, Lord, produce the fruit in me that I could never produce in myself. God, I can't ever love like I meant to, but you promised me that it is the fruit of the Spirit. Let me love let me have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. That is right the opposite of the world, ain't it? Amen. That's the mold that we should be under. That's the influence that we should be under, not the world. Amen. How many people were raised up in a Pentecostal church, amen, from a young age? So you, you could understand, amen, worldly, worldliness was if you drunk Cokes. If you went to the movies, hey man, uh, worldly was, worldliness was, uh, hey man, if them women wore them britches, uh, hey man, got any women in here in britches? You, any women in here in You bunch of worldly heathens. You bunch of worldly, I'm kidding. Lord, we're being recorded. I'm just kidding. Somehow I couldn't copy and paste that and we couldn't. You couldn't wear no sleeve. You couldn't go no sleeve. You couldn't go no makeup. Couldn't go to the movies. Anybody in here go to the movies now? Just raise y'all act like y'all ain't never been. Anybody, anybody in here ever been to the movies? Raise your hand. Okay, we all going to hell. Hundred <laughs> percent. What was you gonna say? Brother Mike, when I was I was raised church going to the same thing, you know, I'd do anything. Both my grandfather's church got preachers. And so but this what you read there in Galatians, they would preach that the seventeen works of the flesh. That's what they would call that when they preach on that. Amen. Amen. And the flesh is real. That mold is real. Amen. But but if if you're drinking a, a coke, okay, he's talking about the internal. You know, I mean, and that that's what internally we got to know that. Amen. Uh, we've got to understand that it's okay for a Christian to laugh. We ought to be the most happiest people in the world. Now I don't need to go. I don't need to go. I or pause it. But anyway, one time I had this woman lie to me. She, she didn't lie to me. She just left some information out. She said, I want you to go see this movie. And I said, ah, I'm worried about it. She said, no, I went to see it. You got nothing to worry about. Let's go see it. And I thought, God. So I'm in there, and I sit down, and I'm sitting there thinking, Lord, please let it not be bad. She, and she had promised me it wasn't, uh, you know, sex and all that stuff. But but anyway, she said, you got to watch it. And so I, I sit there, and I'm watching it, and, and, it's, and it's getting good. And boy, it does exactly what I was afraid of. I mean, just the language is awful. And it was just awful and awful and awful. Oh, so I called him afterwards. I said, why did you do that? He said, well, I wanted you to see the moral of the story. I wanted you to see that. And I knew you wouldn't go if you seen that. And you knew it had that much cussing in it. I said, well, you should have just told me. And then you could have told me the moral of the story. See, we don't need to let things influences. Mm -hmm. We need to be careful what we open ourselves up. We need to understand, hey man, they did have a lot of good things, hey man. We need to be careful what movies we go watch, hey man. We need to take good care of our bodies. We need to be careful the music we listen to, hey man. We do need to be careful, hey man. You know, uh, for 15 years or 10 years, however long, I don't can't remember how long I was youth pastor, uh, hey man, I told them trash in, trash out, hey man. Uh, guard their eyes, guard their ears. It is important that, that we understand that because we don't need to be conformed to this world. 
Amen. I'm not of this world. I'm just a pilgrim and a stranger passing through. Stop letting it have the influence over us. Amen. The believer shouldn't be conformed to this world. We need to notice something about the appearance, the fashion and the appearance of the world. It seems to be lasting, doesn't it? When we're younger, hey, man, we live. We think we're going to live forever, don't we? Hey, man. But, but it gives us this appearance that things are lasting, permanent, and unending. It seems to show us that everything, it has the best of everything. Pleasure, enjoyment, I hear you coming. Happiness, fulfillment, satisfaction, and completeness. Amen. It seems to show us this. And Amen. He's bringing back a vision that he gave me probably 15 years ago. Amen. When I was praying, I got about somebody going to hell and I couldn't understand. I said, God, I don't want them to go there. And he's showing me a vision of two trains. Amen. One train, it was quiet and there wasn't a whole lot of people on it. Amen. It was lit up good, but the other one was lit up even better. I I mean, it was thumping. I, it was popping. I, I mean, it was overflowing. I, and, I, and I kept looking at it, and I thought, God, I, what is going on? I, and he said, son, which train do you think's going to heaven? I, I said, well, I would hope it was that one. Hey, man. And God said, yeah, no, I, that one is going to hell. Hey, man, you don't miss it I, by the show. I, don't miss it by the pump. I, don't miss it by what it looks like to be fun I, because it don't show you I, where it's going. I, it just gives you a temper picture of what's going on and don't show you an eternal consequence. Amen. And that's what's going on. We need to be willing amen, to understand that the world is not permanent. Amen. It is just a mask. It is a masquerade. It is fake. It is a lie. Because it is, it, it, the world is already corrupted. It was corrupted at the garden. Amen. Hello. Amen. And this is the spirit of the world. Selfishness. Greed. Anger. Hatred, bitterness, ungodliness, they're savage, divisions, war, deceitfulness, suffering and conflict, ignorance and deterioration, death and sickness and disease, cursing, pride, disorder and decay. That is all in the world and we should not be allowing it to shape and mold our lives. Amen. We should let the eternal life giver shape us. I don't know about you. I want to be the clay on the potter's wheel. I want to be in his mold. I, I want to be who he wants me to be. I don't want religion. I don't want I don't want what the world has. I, I don't want any of that. I, I want what thus saith the Lord God Almighty says to you and to I. Amen. And I, I want to tell you something that none of this is in it. I'm sorry. I, amen. But A.W. Tozer I, said the most important thing is what, when you think of God, what do you think? We need to get a picture of God. Amen. One more time. We need to get a picture of him in his glory, his might, his holiness, his love. God is not, God is not up there wanting to watch you up and throw you away. Hello? He's long-suffering. He's not willing that any should uh, perish, but that all would come to repentance. God wants everybody. Jesus died for everybody. Every soul matters. When God thinks of you, he don't think, look at that old rotten rascal. I, I'm glad they're going to hell. No, he says, look at there. I, that's somebody my son died for. I, that's somebody I, that I want in my very presence. I look to the length that he went so that you and I could be in his presence. we got to quit letting the world I, I cause us to write people off. Amen? Amen? But don't be conformed to this world. Amen? It's, it's talking about the system of the world. It's okay for the electricity. Hello? There's some people that think we shouldn't use the things of the world. I love cars. Thank God for it. Amen? I, 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 thank 
God for these things. It's not talking about those things. It's not letting, but don't let them affect our, don't let the world shape our faith. Don't let the world shape our attitudes. Don't let the world shape our moral standards. Don't let the world uh, shape our worship. Hello? Don't let the world shape it. Uh, don't let the world shape our prayers, praying little bitty prayers. Amen. Pray big, gigantic prayers. You serve a God that can do anything. Amen. You say, well, I've been disappointed time and time again. Pray them anyhow. Pray them anyhow. Stay strong. Job was disappointed too, wasn't he? He lost it all, didn't he? Amen. But God gave him back double, didn't he? God is able. I'm afraid, amen, that so many times we can't tell the difference between a Christian and an unbeliever. Yes, it is. And, 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 and many times, let me tell you many times, we can, be, we can all be dressed modest, but it's what's on the inside. Are we loving? Are we kind? Are we standing in our faith? Are we standing up for what we believe in? The right way. You could stand up for the wrong, th wrong uh, you could stand up for the right thing in the wrong way. I don't know if I've told you before. I can remember when I was, worked over in the mechanics at Mount Ford. I'm ashamed to say it, but I had to go back and apologize. They was in a room about this size. And I don't know if you've ever been around mechanics. I mean, man, they got the foul mouse in them. I mean, man, it was rough. You know, hey, man, but anyway, I'm sitting there, and, I'm, and I finally got so mad. I walked to the door, I turned back around, and said, I'm going to tell y'all one more thing before I leave. And they all got quiet. I said, if y'all all don't change the way you're living, every one of you is going to hell. And went out there and slammed the door and walked out. I made it about 10 feet. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost got me. What I said was true. But I said it with anger in my heart. I said it cast in judgment. So here I come back in like a little old puppy. Shut that door. So I need to tell y'all something. I said something that was true. But I said it with the wrong attitude. I didn't say it with love and compassion. My Bible says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believed in him should not perish. but might have everlasting life. I want you to know that God loves you. I want you to know that God's got a plan for your life. And he don't want you to go to hell. And I'm sorry. Sometimes we have to be willing to understand God loves us so much. And he died for that person that makes us so mad sometimes that we just like to choke them. He died for them too. Because that's the way they made me feel that day. But they need to see a difference between us. The way I first reacted was like the world would react when they get mad. The second reaction is the way Christians should act. We can do it the right way. Amen. I think sometimes we're like the... We're like the uh, we're like this. We're, I gotta get this right. Lord help me. We gotta be careful that we don't become like parrots. Parrot just repeats what it knows. Amen. We, we sometimes we do that. We just repeat things, you know. And then if we're not careful, we're letting the world sow into us, and we're letting that shape our opinions on sex. Sex before marriage. Sometimes we're letting that uh, dictate our opinions on abortion or whatever it is. We just we, we gotta quit that. That's not the way God wants us to do. God don't want us to be like the world. He has a standard. His word needs to be the standard. If we're not careful, we're going to be like this little story. There was a, there was a goose that was flying with his flock south for the winter. And when he noticed a group of domesticated geese by a pond on a farm, 
he noticed that they had plenty to eat. So he decided he'd just stop right there and not go on down with this flock and stay there and eat all summer. When it came time, I, hey man, when it came, until summer, when it came time for the flock to fly north again, he, come, he heard his flock coming and he thought, well, I'll join him and go back. But when he did, he was a little fatter. It was harder for him to fly and he thought, you know what? I'll just go back down here where it's easier. When they fly back next winter, I'll join them. He's there. He keeps and he gets fatter and fatter. And then they come back. And he, fla he sees them and he flaps his wings just a little bit and says, no, I might as well just stay here where I'm at. It's easier. So he stays there. And then when they're, when they're flying back home the ne at the, for the, at next summer, he doesn't even see them. He's got his head down consumed with what he has. God help us not to be like that. Because you know where he ended up at? On the farmer's table. I don't want to be on the farmer's table. I want to. I want to serve God as hard as it may be. It may be easier to stay by that pond, Amen, and get fed and get the easy things. But I want to resist that, and I want to stand strong and be everything God's called us to be. Because the, because in the end, if we're not careful, we'll let this world squeeze us in to its mold, and we'll be a dead, dried-up Christian. I don't want that. Amen. Paul is telling us in the scripture, resist the pressure. Stand firm on your biblical convictions. Don't you dare let it squeeze you into its mold. You've got to understand this world is under Satan's rule. It is hostile to God and God's people. Hey man, you've got to understand this world tries to tell us live for the moment. Don't be concerned. Don't be concerned about consequences. Just live it up and do whatever you want to do. If we live in a world that tries to tell us that we are the center of the universe. Hey man, we live in a world that screams to us tolerance in religion, tolerance in, hey man, our attitudes and our actions. Hey man, same-sex marriage, whatever it is. We live in a world that screams that truth is not absolute. It is only relevant. Whatever is relevant to Emma Joe or to Joe or to Joseph or to Shania or to anybody else, whatever, it's only relevant truth. There is no absolute truth. I am here to tell you that the word of the living God is absolute truth. Amen. It is, it is perfect. Amen. It, what's true for in the word is true for me and it's true for Joseph. Amen. That's just the way it is. But we live in a world that shapes our influences and we've got to fight against the tide of sin, self and Satan. We've got to stand strong and resist the temptation to conform to the worldliness, including its greed, its selfishness, its humanistic thinking, a desire for power, envy, hate, revenge, filthy language, sexual lust, impurity, and ungodly entertainment, fashions that are immodest or seductive. We can never be salt light or the salt and light or be the ambassadors of Christ if we're letting the world shape us and mold us. We can never carry the good news of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world if we're letting the world shape us and mold us. We've got to understand that God is wanting us to get up and resist it. That Romans 12 too is telling us that we've got to resist. We've got to be active in this. We've got to get up and do this day in and day out. We've got to get up every day and realize that I want to resist the pattern of this world. I want to resist the attitudes of this world. I want to resist the devil and the world's influence. I want to take a stand because the fight is a Hey man, Jesus said when I return will I find faith. I, I want to be standing in faith. I, I don't want to be standing in the pattern of this world. Do you? Hey man, 
I don't want this world to pressure me into its mold. I don't, I don't want to be fashioned by the world's philosophies, by its opinions, by the impulses and greed and sinful lifestyles. I don't want to bow down, do you? I want to be the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego of my time. Hello? That's what I want to be. I don't, do you realize? Hey, man, he says the Old Testament was given for our example, right? Hey, man, that was an example for me how to stand. Uh, hey, man, I don't have to bow down uh, at the altar, I uh, man, of the popular opinion. Uh, and let me just say this. Uh, hey, man, there have been so many fights over what style of music uh, is to be played or not to be played. I don't really care. Uh, just lift up the name of Jesus and let's go. Uh, hey, man, that's what matters. Hey, man. You see, you see so many church splits. Of, I don't want to bow down. I, I want to be a modern day uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Don't you? Don't bow down. Don't let it form you or fashion you, shape you. And I want to tell. I want to give you this, Amen. I, I want you to understand. Uh, they were trying to get those boys. It's in Daniel three. You can go back and read it. They were trying to get those boys to bow down to an idol. All of these people, the whole society uh, is bowing down. But three boys. That would be crazy, wouldn't it? Three old boys not, not going to bow down. They were trying to make them have the same identity as the ones that were bowing down. They wanted to intimidate them to have the same identity. I want to tell you that your identity is not in this world. Your identity is who God says you are. Your identity is he, you are a child of the Most High God. Stand tall. Stand strong. Stand boldly because here's what happens. If they convince you of your identity, they will blind you bind you uh, and ultimately break you. Uh, I want you to understand who you are in Christ. Uh, don't you be blinded by that fact. Uh, if you're not blinded to that, they'll never bind you. Uh, but if they blind you to who you are in God, then you will find yourself bound and find yourself bind and bound. Uh, but I want to tell you, uh, stand up strong. Uh, they may be a fire you got to walk to, uh, but don't worry about it. Uh, Jesus is already in the fire. Uh, he's sitting there waiting on you. Uh, he's saying, Lord, uh, here is a modern day miracle about to happen. Be willing, amen. Because I don't want to be blinded, binded, amen, or broken to you. I want to refuse to bow. I want to refuse to. Here's you another example Matthew 4, 1 through 11. I'll probably read all 11 verses, amen. Then Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. And when a tempter came, he said, If thou be the Son of God, Command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written. Say it is written. Say it is written. It is written. Get in the word. Speak the word. Amen. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and the holy city set him up on the pinnacle of the temple. And said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, he shall have, give his angels charge concerning thee, and their hands shall they bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written, <laughs> Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into a seating high mountain, and shows him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And he said unto him, And all these things I'll give you, if you will fall down and worship at me. But Jesus said unto him, Get thee hence. Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt not worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Jesus said, Away from me. Get away from me, for it is written. God wants us to live by the word of who he's, what he says, not by the words of the world. He wants us to live by the words. He's not by the words of religion, not things you've been taught. I want to encourage you, get in this word for yourself. 
find out what thus saith God says. Amen? Study it. The Holy Ghost to teach you. The Holy Ghost is the one. Amen? He said he'd guide us into all truth. Not some truth. All truth. The Holy Ghost to do it. Amen? We need to be willing to get back in there. It is written. we got to have the word of the living God. Amen? 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. Amen? For though we walk in the flesh, I, I jump back to 3. This is 3 through 5. We do not war after the flesh. For our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This word is powerful. This word is, is the offensive weapon that you and I need. It is a two-edged sword. It will defeat the enemy on one hand, and it will bring the blessings of God on the other. Amen? How many people is glad of that? Speak the word of the living God. It's not only your defense, but it is your offense. It not only defeats your enemy, but it brings you in a place of blessing. Amen? We don't need to be backing down from Satan. No, no, no. We don't need to be backing down from this world. I, I don't need to be worried about it. I need to stand strong in Christ Jesus. Amen. Because God sent forth his son to die so that you and I could have victory over every enemy that ever come against us. So that we could realize that our victory was bought with a price. The blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the blood? We are protected. We are provided for. And we are assured of ultimate victory through the blood of Jesus Christ. Satan does not have dominion over you. Stand strong in the power of the Lord and his might. Quit standing in your power. Realize it's time to let the world stop letting the world influence us. It's time for us to stand up for Christ, not to go with the flow, but to go against the grain. Rebel against the status quo. Rebel against mediocrity. Rebel against average. God didn't make none of us to be average. Hello? He made us to excel in him in Christ alone. Hey man, if you go into Nehemiah 2 and you see them rebuilding the walls, you'll see another example. Hey man, you've got to understand that. Hey man, let me just read that Nehemiah to you. I'm going to read verse 2. I don't know how many, I don't know how many verses I'll read. Hey man, I can't see. There it is. Hey man, don't you love God's word? Hey man, Nehemiah 2. Let me, let me read verse 11. This is Nehemiah once he gets there. I don't know how many of this I'll read. So he comes to Jerusalem, and he was there three days. He rose in the night, and, and some few men went with him. You can't have everybody going with you when you're trying to look to see what God's going to do in your life. Amen? He took a few with him, didn't he? I'll, anyway, I'll go. Neither told I any man what God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon to the dung port, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down. And the gates thereof were consumed with fire. We've got some walls that are broken down. Don't we? We need some walls built back. We need it. We do. Hey Amen. If you don't need them, I need some. Come and help me. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain of the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under the meat pass. And I went up by night and broke and viewed the wall and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley and so returned. So he's he's been out and he's been out viewing it. This is what he ends up telling. In verse 18. Then he says, Then I told them that the hand of my God Oh, that somebody would stand up and start telling, The hand of my God was upon me. As the king's word, I, he had spoken unto me. And he said unto me, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands to do his good work. It's time for us to get back up and do our good work. It's time for us to build the walls one more time. It's time for us to refuse the mold of this world and begin to and build the walls. But watch what the enemy will do. This is why you've got to resist it. Verse 19, Satan shows up. 
Anywhere there's a building project, Satan's going to show up. Amen. Anywhere where somebody's making up their mind that they're going to go forward and have all God has. Watch it. Samballot, the Hornite, Tobiah, the servant, and Ammonite, and Gisham, the Arabian, heard it. And they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, what is this thing that you do? Will you rebel against the king? He's questioning their motives. He's questioning them. He's belittling them. Don't listen to Satan. Trust that God's called you to build a wall and build the wall. Listen to what he said. Then I answered them and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore we his servants, we will arise and build. But you have no portion. You have no right. You have no memorial in Jerusalem. You need to look at Satan in the eye and say, You have no portion. You have no right. You have no authority. You have no victory. You don't have nothing. Nothing. I, I've got it all in Jesus. I'm going to rise up and build, and he's going to make me prosper, honey. Amen. That's what you need to make up your mind. Amen. We need to make up our minds. Amen. Because we ain't going to let the old, old slew foot uh, uh, twist our intentions uh, and project his wicked thoughts upon us. Uh, we know our hearts, don't we? Amen. Amen. Don't be conformed to this e evil world. Amen. Stand up strong. Because look what God's done for you. Galatians 1, 4, and 5. He's talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus gave himself for our sins that he might rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and amen. I've been rescued out of this world. I am no longer under its dominion or authority. Amen? Do you realize that? That's the will of God. He rescued me from this world. He took me out. Anybody in here been rescued? Hey man, if you you don't want to be able to celebrate, hey man, I, hey man, that ought to make, I, hey man, even the but the very most controlled of us, I, I get happy. I, it ought to put a shout in us. It ought to put a raised hand in us. I, hey man, because we ought to be thankful that God has rescued me from this world, and that's His will. He didn't die to lead me to conform to this world. He rescued me from this world. Hey man, aren't you thankful there? Second Corinthians four and three and four. This is why we definitely do not need to let this world conform or conform to this world. Even if our gospel is hid, listen to this, it is hid to those who are perishing. In whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. If the church can't rise up and be determined not to be under the mold of this world, the gospel is going to be hid to those that desperately need it. The world needs a church that is on fire for God. Listen to the word. The world itself and everything in it is going to pass away. 1 Corinthians 7 and 31. Come on in, baby. The fashion of this world passes away. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. 2 Peter 3, 10 through 14. We're still talking about this world is going to pass away. Listen to this. But the day of the Lord, which will come, it will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seeing that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of person ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting unto the coming day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervor. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent 
that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Amen. I want to be found looking for his coming. This world's going to pass away. 1 John 2 and 17. And the world passeth away in the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. The believer isn't supposed to conform to this world. Amen. Nor have fellowship with it. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 through 18. Wherefore, come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. James 4 and 4. You adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. We shouldn't let the world fashion us and show us, amen, and, and create who we are supposed to be. 1 John 2, 15 through 16. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It is not of the Father, but is of the world. We should not follow after the patterns of the world. We should not trust in the security of the world. Matthew 24 shows us about the false security. Matthew 24, 38-39. For as the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered in the ark. And knew not until the flood came upon them and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Lord be. 1 Thessalonians 5, 2 and 3. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with a child, and they shall not escape. We don't need to allow the world to confront, to control us. We don't need to allow the world to form us into that pattern. We need to resist it and become everything that God has. God wants to bless us and use us. He wants a people. He wants a lost and dying world to see a victorious church living without spot and without wrinkle. Amen. But we can't if we're allowing the world to dictate our attitudes, our and being our influence. It's time that the church rise back up. And say, I'm going to live a spirit-filled life. And that is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. I'm going to live and walk in the power and authority that is mine. I'm going to operate in the gifts. Every person is gifted. There is a function for every one of us within the body of Christ. God wants to use us mightily in this last day. But we've got to realize that the choice is yours. He's already told us, hey man, the choice is yours, not mine. It's yours. You, I have to make it for me. You have to make it for you. Hey man, and that's what we have to do. Hey man, make up our minds and decide today what are we going to do. Hey man. Twelve. We're actually on a different verse. Amen. We're on verse number two. Amen. Amen. Praise God for that. Amen. And uh, uh, Romans twelve. Uh, we're into verse two, but I'll go ahead and read verse one with it. We'll read one and two tonight. Uh, I, I honestly don't think it's going to take us near as long to get get through the rest of these scriptures. I, you know, I don't know how long it's going to take us to get through. Uh, the remaining 20 verses, but, but we'll get there. Hey, man, it won't take us seven weeks of verse. Lord, have mercy. We'd be here all the time. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Romans 12, 1 and verse number 2. 
I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Uh, so today, hey man, we're going to start on verse 2, uh, and we'll probably we'll sit down on and be not conformed to this world. Uh, I don't think we can get any further than that. Uh, we'll try and get through that tonight uh, and talk about that because when we look at the world, hey man, we realize, hey man, that there is a pattern uh, in this world that we need to reject. Uh, I want to read J.B. Phillips' uh, 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 translation of this scripture uh, I, I, the first part of that it says don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold uh, that's the J.B. Phillips is uh, a translation uh, uh, hey man I don't know if you have that copy if you've got the app on your phone uh, usually that, that translation is available through the Bible app hey man uh, but he says, don't let the world around you uh, squeeze you into its own mold. Uh, I'll just briefly mention about the world now, and we'll come back to the world in a minute. Uh, but here, the world is signifying the condition of humanity, uh, uh, the, the system that, that is here, uh, that is in place, amen, uh, uh, in the world that we see. Uh, since the fall of man, uh, uh, humanity is in spiritual darkness uh, with, a, with a nature and tendencies and influences controlled by the powers of darkness uh, and and they are in opposition to God uh, and under the prince uh, of this world. Uh, the world has its fads and it has its fashions. We all can say that. Uh, we, can, we can remember the big hair of the 80s, right? Amen. Uh, uh, now it's not the same. Uh, but each generation has their own fads and has their own fashions. Uh, it molds, uh, it, its mold exerts pressure on every single one of us. We feel the pressure uh, of the culture that is around us. Uh, so Sometimes we don't even notice the culture uh, that is in around us. Uh, I can remember being at a, uh, this, is, this is just free, uh, I can remember thinking about the power of culture and how it influences us uh, even when we don't understand it. I, I remember hearing a speaker uh, somewhere, I don't remember their name, but I, I don't even remember what they were talking about, but they told this one story. Uh, they went to a remote village uh, in some foreign country. Uh, they went there, and when they got there, uh, uh, the, the, all the little children, all the adults, they got out and they did this dance. And they knew the moves. They knew the words. He was just amazed uh, of the effects of the culture uh, had been from the oldest to the youngest. Uh, I mean, he said there's no way uh, he thought a little one could learn the moves and all that, but the culture, it was ingrained in them, and they did it. He was amazed, and, and he began to talk to the tribal leader of it and the tribal leader says to him says hey uh, we need some there is something wrong uh, we're, we're slowly dying out uh, people are dying at a young age uh, he says do you know what it is and he says no we don't really know uh, and so he's looking at these huts and he sees two huts one's got a one's got more of a, like a teepee and one's got a round roof uh, he says what is that round roof uh, he says that's a birthing home when, when the mother gets close to having the baby uh, she'll go into that, that birthing home uh, and she'll stay there uh, and the dad will keep a fire burning the whole time. Uh, he, he said how long before? He said usually he'll go in there about a month before uh, the mama has the baby and then she'll stay till four or five months later. After the baby's four or five months old they'll come out. Uh, so he gets to talking to him he says what, are the, what, is, what, is, the, what is the number one uh, cause of death? And they said well we don't really know it but they're, they're get, they're, they end up call, having something like asthma. So he walks 
walks in this birthing house and he says, what were they dying of? He says, they're dying of asthma. And he's sitting there and he says, why do you do this birthing house? Well, we've just always done it. And from the inception of this village, our, our tribe, this is what they have done. And he's sitting there and he says, he looks at this, this tribal leader one more time. He says, and what is killing uh, your tribal members? He says, well, it's asthma. And he looks up and all he sees is black smoke. The very culture that they were in was killing them, and they didn't even know it. That culture has an influence upon us. And we live in a world, hey man, that wants to, wants to kill our faith, wants to murder our testimony. We live in a world uh, that's literally trying to shape us and mold us into, we got to wake up and understand that, hey amen. They needed to change that culture. It was killing them, hey amen. And how many people know we got a culture in America that is really trying to snuff out uh, and kill Christianity. Uh, but how many people know, uh, hey man, you can't ever, hey man, uh, you can't ever stop the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, you can't stop uh, uh, the power of the gospel. Uh, you persecute the church uh, and she's going to shine brighter, baby. Uh, hey man, and I'm thankful for that. But we've got to wake up and understand that we don't need, uh, hey man, to be under the culture, the fashions, uh, the mold of this world. Uh, because what we see in society, uh, in human life, uh, is simply life without God. Hello? Hey man, that is simply the truth. When you look at the culture, when we look at that, our life is from within, bless God. I, I don't know, but it's the Christ in me. I, the life I live now is by the Christ that is in me. He's the one that I have life. I, hey man, reading Matthew 6 and 29, it says it this way. Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Uh, he's talking about the flowers of the field and looking at He's saying Solomon's splendor uh, was put on from without. Uh, it was an external splendor. Uh, but the glory of the lily uh, was from within. In. Hey man, and that's what we are. We have the power from within. Nothing about us, but about God in us and what he wants to do in us and through us. Hey man, and that is why we have to resist the mold of this world. So we need to shun the mold. Hey man, we need to say, no, no, no. I'm not getting on the mold of that. I'm not getting put under the pressure of this world. I'm going to be who God called me to be. Hey man. Hey man. We are commanded. This is a command in verse 2. Don't be conformed. This is not optional. This is not debatable. It is don't let this world mold us, squeeze us uh, into something that we were never intended to be. We are told, uh, hey man, we, we're in a, we live in a time where many people don't believe in the miracles of God. You sat right here and you heard two miracles of a testimony uh, being found and been missing two months. Uh, they don't usually find him alive. Praise God that he was found. Uh, Gary got a good physical report. Uh, we need to celebrate that. God still uh, is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or can even think. Don't let the mold of this world I rob you of your faith. Amen. Believe it. Amen. So that's what he that's what it's telling us, amen, uh, that we don't need to see it. And when you look at this world, uh, you can see that it is controlled by the influences and what it produces in this world. Let's just look at some of the list. Let's go to Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Hey man, let's look at some of the works of the flesh. Hey man, that is the, the product, hey man, uh, of this world. This is what it says in verse number 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, uh, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. Somebody mentioned witchcraft to me just a few minutes ago, didn't you? Hey man, I didn't even think about it to just then. <laughs> Hatred. We live in a hate filled world, don't we? Hey man. 
variation, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, I, of which I tell you before, as I've also told you in the past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of the world. That don't need to be the pattern that we need to let influence our life, is it? We don't need to let the world influence our life. We don't need to let the divisiveness and the strife and the hatred and the anger and all that. Amen. But here's what we need. But, praise God for a but, right? Amen. But the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. We need this back in the church. We need this in our families. We need this in our my personal life. Amen. I promise you, when I pray, I ask for the fruit of the Spirit. God, you are the producer. God, you said I'm the branch and I'm the vine. You said if I would abide in you, your life would abide in me. God, Lord, produce the fruit in me that I could never produce in myself. God, I can't ever love like I meant to, but you promised me that it is the fruit of the Spirit. Let me love let me have love, uh, joy, peace, uh, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Uh, that is right the opposite of the world, ain't it? Amen. That's the mold that we should be under. Uh, that's the influence that we should be under, not the world. Amen. How many people were raised up in a Pentecostal church, amen, from a young age? So you you could understand, amen, worldly, worldliness was if you drunk Cokes. If you went to the movies, hey man, uh, worldly was worldliness was, uh, hey man, if them women wore them britches, uh, hey man, got any women in here in britches? You, any women in here in britches? You bunch of worldly heathens. You bunch of worldly. I'm kidding. Lord, we're being recorded. I'm just kidding. Somehow I could have copied and pasted that and we could didn't. You couldn't wear no sleep. You couldn't go no sleep. You couldn't go to no pantyhose. No makeup. Go to the movies. Anybody in here go to the movies now? Just raise y'all act like y'all ain't never been. Anybody anybody in here ever been to the movies? Raise your hand. Okay, we all going to hell. Hundred <laughs> percent. What was you gonna say? Brother Mike, when I was when I was raised church go to uh -huh. uh -huh. you know, I was afraid to do anything. Both my grandfather's church got preachers. And so but this what you read there in Galatians, they would preach that the seventeen works of the flesh. Uh -huh. That's what they would call that. Yep. Amen. Amen. And the flesh is real. That mold is real. Amen. But but if if you're drinking a, a coke, okay, he's talking about the internal. You know, I mean, and that that's what internally we got to know that. Amen. Uh, we've got to understand that it's okay for a Christian to laugh. We ought to be the most happiest people in the world. Now I don't need to go. I don't need to go. I I'll pause it. But anyway, one time I had this woman lie to me. She, she didn't lie to me. She just left some information out. She said, I want you to go see this movie. And I said, ah, I'm worried about it. She said, no, oh, I went to see it. You got nothing to worry about. Let's go see it. And I thought, gosh. So I'm in there, and I sit down, and I'm sitting there thinking, Lord, please let it not be bad. She, and she had promised me it wasn't, uh, you know, sex and all that stuff. But but anyway, she said, you got to watch it. And so I, I sit there, and I'm watching it, and, and, it's, and it's getting good. And boy, it does exactly what I was afraid of. I mean, just the language is awful. I mean, it's just awful and awful and awful. Oh, so I called him afterwards. I said, why did you do that? He said, well, I wanted you to see the moral of the story. I wanted you to see that. And I knew you wouldn't go if you seen that. I mean, you had that much cussing in it. I said, well, you should have just told me. And then you could have told me the moral of the story. See, we don't need to let things 
influences. Mm -hmm. We need to be careful what we open ourselves up. We need to understand, hey man, they did have a lot of good things, hey man. We need to be careful what movies we go watch, hey man. We need to take good care of our bodies. We need to be careful the music we listen to, hey man. We do need to be careful, hey man. You know, uh, for 15 years or 10 years, however long, I don't can't even remember how long I was a youth pastor. Uh, hey man, I told them trash in, trash out, hey man. Uh, guard their eyes, guard their ears. It is important that, that we understand that because we don't need to be conformed to this world. Amen. I'm not of this world. I'm just a pilgrim and a stranger passing through. Stop letting it have the influence over us. Amen. The believer shouldn't be conformed to this world. We need to notice something about the appearance, the fashion and the appearance of the world. It seems to be lasting, doesn't it? When we're younger, hey man, we live, we think we're going to live forever, don't we? Hey man, but, but it gives us this appearance that things are lasting, permanent, and unending. It seems to show us that everything, uh, it has the best of everything. Pleasure, enjoyment, I hear you come. Happiness, fulfillment, uh, satisfaction, and completeness. Hey man, uh, it seems to show us this. And uh, hey man, he's bringing back a vision that he gave me uh, uh, probably 15 years ago. Uh, hey man, when I was praying, I got about somebody going to hell and I couldn't understand. I said, God, I don't want them to go there. Uh, and he showed me a vision of two trains. Uh, hey man, one train, it, it was quiet uh, and there wasn't a whole lot of people on it. Uh, hey man, it was lit up good, uh, but the other one was lit up even better. I, I I mean, it was thumping. I, it was popping. I, I mean, it was overflowing. I, and, I, and I kept looking at it, and I thought, God, what is going on? And he said, son, which train do you think is going to heaven? I, I said, well, I would hope it was that one. I, amen. And God said, yeah, no, I, that one is going to hell. I, amen. You don't miss it I, by the show. I, don't miss it by the pomp. I, don't miss it by what it looks like to be fun I, because it don't show you I, where it's going. I, it just gives you a temper picture of what's going on and don't show you an eternal consequence. Amen. And that's what's going on. We need to be willing, amen, to understand that the world is not permanent. Amen. It is just a mask. It is a masquerade. It is fake. It is a lie because it is it, it, the world is already corrupted. It was corrupted at the garden. Amen. Hello. Amen. And this is the spirit of the world. Selfishness. Greed. Anger. Hatred, bitterness, ungodliness, they're savage, divisions, war, deceitfulness, suffering and conflict, ignorance and deterioration, death and sickness and disease, cursing, pride, disorder and decay. That is all in the world and we should not be allowing it to shape and mold our lives. Amen. We should let the eternal life giver shape us. I don't know about you, I want to be the clay on the potter's wheel. I want to be in his mold. I, I want to be who he wants me to be. I don't want religion. I don't want, I don't want what the world has. I, I don't want any of that. I, I want what thus saith the Lord God Almighty says to you and to I. Amen. And I, I want to tell you something that none of this is in. I'm sorry. Amen. But A.W. Tozer I, said the most important thing is what, when you think of God, what do you think? We need to get a picture of God. Amen. One more time. We need to get a picture of him in his glory, his might, his holiness, his love. God is not, God is not up there wanting to watch you up and throw you away. Hello? He's long-suffering. He's not willing that any should uh, perish, but that all would come to repentance. Amen. 
God wants everybody. Jesus died for everybody. Every soul matters. When God thinks of you, he don't think, look at that old rotten rascal. I, I'm glad they're going to hell. No, he says, look at there. I, that's somebody my son died for. I, that's somebody I, that I want in my very presence. I look to the length that he went so that you and I could be in his presence. we got to quit letting the world I, I cause us to write people off. Amen? Amen? But don't be conformed to this world. Amen? It's, it's talking about the system of the world. It's okay for the electricity. Hello? There's some people that think we shouldn't use the things of the world. It, I love cars. Thank God for it. Amen? I, 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 I thank God for these things. It's not talking about those things. It's not letting, but don't let them affect our, don't let the world shape our faith. Don't let the world shape our attitudes. Don't let the world shape our moral standards. Don't let the world uh, shape our worship. Hello? Amen. Don't let the world shape it. Uh, don't let the world shape our prayers, praying little bitty prayers. Amen. Pray big, gigantic prayers. You serve a God that can do anything. Amen. Amen. You say, well, I've been disappointed time and time again. Pray them anyhow. Pray them anyhow. Stay strong. Job was disappointed too, wasn't he? He lost it all, didn't he? Amen. But God gave him back double, didn't he? God is able. I'm afraid, hey man, that so many times we can't tell the difference between a Christian and an unbeliever. Yes, it is. And, 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 and many times, let me tell you many times, you, we, can be, we can all be dressed modest, but it's what's on the inside. Are we loving? Are we kind? Are we standing in our faith? Are we standing up for what we believe in? The right way. You can stand up for the wrong, th wrong uh, you can stand up for the right thing in the wrong way. I don't know if I've told you before. I can remember when I was worked over in the mechanics at Mountain before. I'm ashamed to say it, but I had to go back and apologize. They was in a room about this size. And I don't know if you've ever been around mechanics. I mean, man, they got the foul mouths in there. I mean, man, it was rough. You know? Hey, man, but anyway, I'm sitting there, and I finally got so mad. I walked to the door, and I turned back around. I said, I'm going to tell you all one more thing before I leave. And they all got quiet. I said, if y'all all don't change the way you live, and every one of you is going to hell. And went out there and slammed the door and walked out. I made it about 10 feet. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost got me. What I said was true. But I said it with anger in my heart. I said casting judgment. So here I come back in like a little whoop puppy. That door. So I need to tell y'all something. I said something that was true, but I said it with the wrong attitude. I didn't say it with love, and compassion. My Bible says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but might have everlasting life." I want you to know that God loves you. I want you to know that God's got a plan. sorry for the way I presented the gospel. And I walked out of there. Sometimes we have to be willing to understand God loves us so much. And he died for that person that makes us so mad sometimes that we just like to choke them. He died for them too. Because that's why they made me feel that day. But they need to see a difference between us. The way I first reacted was like the world would react when they get mad. The second reaction is the way Christians should act. We can do it the right way, amen. I think sometimes we're like the we're like the uh, we're like this. We're, <laughs> I gotta get this right, Lord help me. 
we got to be careful that we don't become like parrots. A parrot just repeats what it knows. Amen? We, we, sometimes we do that. We just repeat things, you know? And then if we're not careful, we're letting the world so into us, and we're letting that shape our opinions on sex. Sex before marriage. Sometimes we're letting that uh, dictate our opinions on abortion. Whatever it is, we're just, we, we got to quit that. That's not the way God wants us to do. God don't want us to be like the world. He has a standard. His word needs to be the standard. If we're not careful, we're going to be like this little story. There was, a, there was a goose that was flying with his flock south for the winter. When he noticed a group of domesticated geese by a pond on a farm, he noticed that they had plenty to eat. So he decided he'd just stop right there and not go on down with his flock and stay there and eat all summer. When it came time, I, hey man, when it came, until summer, when it came time for the flock to fly north again, he, come, he heard his flock coming, and he thought, well, I'll join him and go back. But when he did, he was a little fatter. It was harder for him to fly, and he thought, you know what? I'll just go back down here where it's easier. When they fly back next winter, I'll join them. He's there, and he keeps, and he gets fatter and fatter. And then they come back, and he, fly, he sees them, and he flaps his wings just a little bit and says, no. I might as well just stay here where I'm at. It's easier. So he stays there, and then when they're, when they're flying back home the ne at the, for the, at next summer, he doesn't even see them. He's got his head down, consumed with what he has. God help us not to be like that. Because you know where he ended up at? On the farmer's table. I don't want to be on the farmer's table. I want to I serve God. As hard as it may be, it may be easier to stay by that pond, amen, and get fed and get the easy things. But I want to resist that, and I want to stand strong and be everything God's called us to be. Because, the, because in the end, if we're not careful, we'll let this world squeeze us in to its mold, and we'll be a dead, dried-up Christian. I don't want that, amen? Paul is telling us in the scripture, resist the pressure. Stand firm on your biblical convictions. Don't you dare let it squeeze you into its mold. You've got to understand this world is under Satan's rule. It is hostile to God and God's people. Hey man, you've got to understand this world tries to tell us live for the moment. Don't be concerned. Don't be concerned about consequences. Just live it up and do whatever you want to do. If we live in a world that tries to tell us that we are the center of the universe. Hey man, we live in a world that screams to us tolerance in religion, tolerance in, uh, hey man, our attitudes and our actions. Hey man, same-sex marriage, whatever it is. We live in a world that screams that truth is not absolute. It is only relevant. Whatever's relevant to, uh, to Emma Joe or to Joe or to Joseph or to Shania or to anybody else, whatever, it's only relevant truth. There is no absolute truth. I am here to tell you that the word of the living God is absolute truth. Amen. It is, it is perfect. Amen. It, what's true for in the word is true for me and it's true for Joseph. Amen. That's just the way it is. But we live in a world that shapes our influences and we've got to fight against the tide of sin, self and Satan. We've got to stand strong and resist the temptation to conform to the worldliness, including its greed, its selfishness, its humanistic thinking, a desire for power, envy, hate, revenge, filthy language, sexual, sexual lust, impurity, and ungodly entertainment, fashions that are immodest or seductive. 
We can never be salt light or the salt and light or be the ambassadors of Christ if we're letting the world shape us and mold us. We can never carry the good news of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world if we're letting the world shape us and mold us. We've got to understand that God is wanting us to get up and resist it. That Romans 12, 2 is telling us that we've got to resist. We've got to be active in this. We've got to get up and do this day in and day out. We've got to get up every day and realize that I want to resist the pattern of this world. I want to resist the attitudes of this world. I want to resist the devil and the world's influence. I want to take a stand because the fight is on. Hey man, Jesus said when I return will I find faith. I, I want to be standing in faith. I, I don't want to be standing in the pattern of this world. Do you? Hey man, I don't want this world to pressure me into its mold. I don't, I don't want to be fashioned by the world's philosophies, by its opinions, by the impulses and greed and sinful lifestyles. I don't want to bow down. Do you? I want to be the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego of my time. Hello? That's what I want to be. I want, do you realize? Hey, man, he says the Old Testament was given for our example, right? Hey, man, that was an example for me how to stand. Hey, man, I don't have to bow down at the altar, I man, of the popular opinion. And let me just say this. Hey, man, there have been so many fights over what style of music is to be played or not to be played. I don't really care. Just lift up the name of Jesus and let's go. Hey, man, that's what matters. Hey, man. You see, you see so many church splits. I don't want to bow down. I, I want to be a modern day uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Don't you? Don't bow down. Don't let it form you or fashion you, shape you. And I want to tell. I want to give you this, Amen. I, I want you to understand. Uh, they were trying to get those boys. It's in Daniel three. You can go back and read it. They were trying to get those boys to bow down to an idol. All of these people, the whole society uh, is bowing down. But three boys. That would be crazy, wouldn't it? Three old boys not, not going to bow down. They were trying to make them have the same identity as the ones that were bowing down. They wanted to intimidate them to have the same identity. I want to tell you that your identity is not in this world. Your identity is who God says you are. Your identity is he, you are a child of the Most High God. Stand tall. Stand strong. Stand boldly because here's what happens. If they convince you of your identity, they will blind you bind you and ultimately break you. I want you to understand who you are in Christ. Don't you be blinded by that fact. If you're not blinded to that, they'll never bind you. But if they blind you to who you are in God, then you will find yourself bound and find yourself bound and bound. But I want to tell you, stand up strong. They may be a fire you got to walk to, but don't worry about it. Jesus is already in the fire. He's sitting there waiting on you. He's saying, Lord, here is a modern day miracle about to happen. Be willing, amen. Because I don't want to be blinded, binded, amen, or broken to you. I want to refuse to bow. I want to refuse to. Here's you another example. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. I'll probably read all 11 verses, amen. And Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. And when a tempter came, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written. Say it is written. Say it is written. It is written. Get in the word. Speak the word. Amen. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and set him up on the pinnacle of the temple 
and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall have, give his angels charge concerning thee, and their hands shall they bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written, <laughs> Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into a seating high mountain, and shows him all the kings, kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And he said unto him, And all these things I'll give you, if you will fall down and worship at me. But Jesus said unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt not worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Jesus said, Away from me. Get away from me, for it is written. God wants us to live by the word of who he's, what he says, not by the words of the world. He wants us to live by the words. He's not by the words of religion, not things you've been taught. I want to encourage you, get in this word for yourself. Get in this word. Get in this word. Find out what thus saith God says. Amen? Study it. The Holy Ghost will teach you. The Holy Ghost is the one. Amen? He said he got us into all truth. Not some truth. All truth. The Holy Ghost will do it. Amen? We need to be willing to get back in there. It is written. we got to have the word of the living God. Amen? 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. Amen? For though we walk in the flesh... I, I jump back to three. This is three through five. We do not war after the flesh. For our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This word is powerful. This word is, is the offensive weapon that you and I need. It is a two-edged sword. It will defeat the enemy on one hand, and it will bring the blessings of God on the other. Amen? How many people is glad of that? Speak the word of the living God. It's not only your defense, but it is your offense. It not only defeats your enemy, but it brings you in a place of blessing. Amen? We don't need to be backing down from Satan. No, no, no. We don't need to be backing down from this world. I, I don't need to be worried about it. I need to stand strong in Christ Jesus. Amen. Because God sent forth his son to die so that you and I could have victory over every enemy that ever come against us. So that we could realize that our victory was bought with a price. The blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the blood? We are protected. We are provided for. And we are assured of ultimate victory through the blood of Jesus Christ. Satan does not have dominion over you. Stand strong in the power of the Lord and his might. Quit standing in your power. Realize it's time to let the world, stop letting the world influence us. It's time for us to stand up for Christ. Not to go with the flow, but to go against the grain. Rebel against the status quo. Rebel against mediocrity. Rebel against average. God didn't make none of us to be average. Hello? He made us to excel in him in Christ alone. Hey man, if you go into Nehemiah 2 and you see them rebuilding the walls, you'll see another example. Hey man, you've got to understand that. Hey man, let me just read that Nehemiah to you. I'm going to read verse 2. I don't know how many, I don't know how many verses I'll read. Hey man, I can't see. There it is. Hey man, don't you love God's word? Hey man, Nehemiah 2. Let me, let me read verse 11. This is Nehemiah once he gets there. I don't know how many of this I'll read. So he comes to Jerusalem, and he was there three days. He rose in the night, and, and some few men went with him. You can't have everybody going with you when you're trying to look to see what God's going to do in your life. Amen? He took a few with him, didn't he? I'll, anyway, I'll go. Neither told I any man what God had put in my heart to do in Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. 
I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon to the dung court, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. We've got some walls that are broken down, don't we? We need some walls built back. We need it. We do. Amen. If you don't need them, I need some. Come and help me. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain of the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under the meat and pass. And I went up by night at the brook and viewed the wall and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley and so returned. So he's, he's been out and he's been out viewing it. This is what he ends up telling. In verse 18, then he says, Then I told them that the hand of my God, oh, that somebody would stand up and start telling, the hand of my God was upon me. As the king's word, I, he had spoken unto me. And he said unto me, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands to do his good work. It's time for us to get back up and do our good work. It's time for us to build the walls one more time. It's time for us to refuse the mold of this world and begin to and build the walls. But watch what the enemy will do. This is why you've got to resist it. Verse 19, Satan shows up. Anywhere there's a building project, Satan's going to show up. Amen. Anywhere where somebody's making up their mind that they're going to go forward and have all God has. Watch it. Samballot, the Hornite, Tobiah, the servant, and Ammonite, and Gisham, the Arabian, heard it. And they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, what is this thing that you do? Will you rebel against the king? He's questioning their motives. He's questioning them. He's belittling them. Don't listen to Satan. Trust that God's called you to build a wall and build the wall. Listen to what he said. Then I answered them and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore we his servants, we will arise and build. But you have no portion. You have no right. You have no memorial in Jerusalem. You need to look at Satan in the eye and say you have no portion. You have no right. You have no authority. You have no victory. You don't have no nothing. I, I've got it all in Jesus. I'm going to rise up and build and he's going to make me prosper, honey. Amen. That's what you need to make up your mind. Amen. We need to make up our minds. Amen. Because we ain't going to let the old, old slew foot uh, uh, twist our intentions uh, and project his wicked thoughts upon us. Uh, we know our hearts, don't we? Amen. Amen. Don't be conformed to this e evil world. Amen. Stand up strong. Because look what God's done for you. Galatians 1, 4 and 5. He's talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus gave himself for our sins that he might rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and amen. I've been rescued out of this world. I am no longer under its dominion or authority. Amen? Do you realize that? That's the will of God. He rescued me from this world. He took me out. Anybody in here been rescued? Hey man, if you you don't want to be able to celebrate, hey man, I, hey man, I don't want to make, I, hey man, even the but the very most controlled of us, I, I get happy. I, it ought to put a shout in us. It ought to put a raised hand in us. I, hey man, because we ought to be thankful that God has rescued me from this world, and that's His will. He didn't die to leave me to conform to this world. He rescued me from this world. Hey man, aren't you thankful there? Second Corinthians four and three and four. This is why we definitely do not need to let this world conform or conform to this world. Even if our gospel is hid, listen to this, it is hid to those who are perishing. In whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. If the church can't rise up and be determined not to be under the mold of this world, the gospel is going to be hid to those that desperately need it. The world needs a church that is on fire for God. 
Listen to the word. The world itself and everything in it is going to pass away. 1 Corinthians 7 and 31. Come on in, baby. The fashion of this world passes away. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 2 Peter 3, 10 through 14. We're still talking about this world is going to pass away. Listen to this. But the day of the Lord, which will come, it will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are, are therein shall be burned up, seeing that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of person ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervor. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Amen. I want to be found looking for his coming. This world's going to pass away. 1 John 2 and 17. And the world passes away in the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. The believer isn't supposed to conform to this world. Amen. Nor have fellowship with it. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 through 18. Wherefore, come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. James 4 and 4. You adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. We shouldn't let the world fashion us and show us, amen, and, and create who we are supposed to be. 1 John 2, 15 through 16. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It is not of the Father, but is of the world. We should not follow after the patterns of the world. We should not trust in the security of the world. Matthew 24 shows us about the false security. Matthew 24, 38-39. For as the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered in the ark. And knew not until the flood came upon them and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Lord be. 1 Thessalonians 5, 2 and 3. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with a child, and they shall not escape. We don't need to allow the world to, confront, to control us. We don't need to allow the world to form us into that pattern. We need to resist it and become everything that God has. God wants to bless us and use us. He wants a, people, he wants a lost and dying world to see a victorious church living without spot and without wrinkle. Amen. But we can't if we're allowing the world to dictate our attitudes and being our influence. It's time that the church rise back up and say, I'm going to live a spirit-filled life, and that is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. I'm going to live and walk in the power and authority that is mine. I'm going to operate in the gifts. Every person is gifted. There is a function for every one of us within the body of Christ. God wants to use us mightily in this last day, but we've got to realize that the choice is yours. He's already told us, hey man, the choice is yours, not mine. It's yours. You, I have to make it for me. You have to make it for you. Amen. And that's what we have to do. Amen. Make up our minds. 
and decide today what are we going to do. Amen. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.